Well, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. This is the night that the Lord has made and we are rejoicing and we are glad in it. Uh, like David, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. So come on in, come on in, come on in. God bless you tonight on this Tuesday night. Uh, I am particularly excited about our subject matter and what we're going to engage in as it relates to prayer. Prayer is a very powerful thing. Uh, and we sometimes don't understand how powerful it is when we pray, when we look to the Lord, when we engage uh, the Lord regarding direction for our lives and what he desires to do in and through our lives. So come on in, everybody. Come on in. I'm going to ask if you would please share this Bible study with others. Let them know that we are on Facebook campus tonight and on our YouTube campus tonight. And it's going to be absolutely powerful. It's going to be absolutely life-changing. And we're going to pick right off where we were on last Tuesday. I have been uh, receiving so many testimonies uh, from so many of you in regards to prayers that get results. And we'll take a second to review that as we come in. So God bless you. Hey, how are you? It's good to see you on. I see you. We see you. We see you. If you would, on Facebook campus and on YouTube and all of our Instagram fam who are on Facebook and YouTube tonight, as we're only on two campuses on Tuesdays, if you would just uh, greet your brother and sister and just say, uh, peace be with you. Amen. Peace be with you. Uh, peace be with you. Just speak the peace of the Lord uh, be with you and be upon you. So let's go to God in prayer. Father, we bless you. We honor you. We thank you for the privilege of relationship. We thank you that you are God and beside you there is none other. Our Father and our God, we ask that you would speak to us, that you would give us wisdom. For wisdom is the principal thing. And in all thy getting, get understanding. We give your name all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. As you're coming in, I want to ask that you would share, uh, share the YouTube link with someone uh, and share uh, this Facebook. Please uh, like, comment and share and let someone know that we are on. Uh, we deal with on Tuesdays, we get right into the meat and the potatoes and we are going to unpack some things uh, in the school of prayer. Uh, this is our fourth week and we are progressing powerfully uh, in prayer. It was Neil Cole who said this in regards to prayer. Neil, Neil Cole uh, said, I'm not saying that breakthroughs came about because of prayer. Instead, I'm saying praying was the breakthrough. That's a big difference. Prayer is not just a means to an end. It is an end in and of itself. I'm going to say that again. Prayer is not just a means to an end. It is an end in and of itself. And a lot of times we, we see this uh, happening uh, where it becomes very challenging as it regards to prayer uh, because uh, we're trying to navigate how we deal with it, right? We're trying to navigate how we handle it. Uh, we're trying to navigate the answers that we see or don't see when it comes to prayer. Uh, another thing I want to uh, point out, I like uh, that Neil Cole again said, prayer is more than just accessing divine power to bring about a healthy and effective life for ourselves. Prayer 
is connecting with Almighty God. Prayer is connecting with Almighty God. It's spending intimate time with a caring Heavenly Father. So prayer then is access to omnipotent love. We're tapping into the wisdom of eternity. When you pray, expect God to show up and show out in your life. I want you to just type in very simply, I believe God. Come on, come on, come on. I believe God. How many of you believe God? That when you pray, things shift. When you pray, transformation comes. And when you pray, breakthrough is released. Uh, when we pray, it is access to heaven while maintaining a heartbeat. We should never take this lightly. Prayer is access to heaven while we maintain our heartbeat. And we are to never take this lightly. So when we talk about prayer, last week we laid some foundation and it was really powerful. We dealt with three practical ways uh, to develop a consistent prayer life. And I want to shout out uh, Lady Golfin and uh, who is uh, our patriarch's wife. We're so grateful. Uh, we had some great dialogue and so many of you had shared uh, feedback on last week's lesson. And I want to just reiterate that again. So practical uh, things when it comes to developing a consistent prayer life. Uh, and so we said that there are three ways to strengthen our prayer life, right? First of all is to set a prayer schedule for prayer times, okay? Setting a prayer schedule for prayer times. Secondly, we have to have a right view of God. I'm going to deal with some more of that tonight. So we have to have a schedule for regular prayer times. Then we need to have a right view of God, okay? And then lastly, we want to make sure that we develop a prayer list. Now, uh, let's just unpack that for just a moment. A prayer schedule establishes when we pray. Okay, so I want you to get that down. All right, if you're taking notes, let's let's grow together. A prayer schedule establishes when we pray. When we pray. A prayer schedule establishes when we will pray. A right view of God causes us to want to pray. So the schedule establishes when we will pray. A right view of God causes us to want to pray. And then uh, we also can have our prayer lists, which enable us to focus on what to pray. So when we pray, wanting to pray, and what to pray. So the schedule is the when. A right view of God is the want a prayer list is the what to pray, okay? And so when we're talking about developing uh, in prayer and maturing in prayer, all right, when we're developing uh, a prayer list, it's important for us to remember these three prayer themes, the gifts of the spirit, plural, that's God's power and favor being released, the fruit of the spirit, singular, that's God's character, formed in us and others, and then also the wisdom of the Spirit, uh, which gives us uh, insight and illumination, okay? So 
uh, the gifts of the Spirit, God's power, favor being released, the fruit of the Spirit, God's character formed in us, and the wisdom of the Spirit, uh, which gives us the mind of God, allowing us to have illumination and insight. Now, when we begin to ask and seek the Lord for the gifts, fruit, and wisdom of the Spirit to be released in our prayer focus, uh, there are three things we want to look at. Intimacy, petition, intimacy, petition, and also understanding prayers of intercession. Okay? Intimacy, petition, and prayers of intercession. Okay? Now, we connect with God. So intimacy focuses on giving our love and devotion to God. Giving our love and devotion to God. So how does that work? This type of prayer includes worship, meditating on the word, uh, where we allow the word of God to serenade our hearts and our minds. Okay. And and fellowshipping with the spirit, praying in the spirit, building up ourselves in the spirit. Let's go to Romans very quickly. I got old faithful tonight, a little traditional, but it's okay. Uh, sometimes the pages are just good to hold. Okay. So let's go to Romans. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Speak to us tonight, Lord. Let's go to Romans chapter eight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I want to look at something. I want to look at something. Uh, because we've we've used this sometimes, and sometimes we use it prematurely. So let's go to Romans chapter 8, and let us look at verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray. For as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. So who does the interceding? Not us. The Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be other. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray. Okay? But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. All right? And so understanding these groanings which cannot be uttered means things that cannot be put into words. Now, it's interesting here uh, that the Apostle Paul talks about the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. So when we get to the place of spirit dependency, transformation comes. I want to say that again. It is not until we get to the place of spirit dependency that transformation shall come. All right. And so change happens inwardly as we are submitted to the power of the Holy Ghost. Change happens inwardly as we are submitted to the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, that word, that word uh, uh, prayer there in verse 26, okay, uh, is inviting us into something. And we see that established in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. I want to just uh, lay some foundation tonight, okay? That word pray, that pray there speaks of progressive Okay, uh, in direction of. So we are praying with direction. 
We are praying with intentionality. We are praying with pursuit. We are praying uh, specifically in light of what the Spirit of God is already doing in and through our lives. So let's go a step deeper. Romans chapter 8, verse 27. Now he searches the hearts and knows the mind of the spirit is. Now he who searches the hearts and knows what the mind of the spirit is because he, again, makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So notice when we pray properly, in its proper context, we are praying according to the will of God, not necessarily what we want, okay? But we must make sure that we are praying in the will of God, okay? Uh, and, and so we've got to understand why this is important. Christ is our chief intercessor. Christ is our chief intercessor. And so we must pray in the will of God. Then we hit Romans 8 and 28. Now, there's a lot of misconceptions about this verse, and I want to bring it into its proper connotation tonight. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose. That word purpose there uh, is dealing, prothesis is dealing with uh, the settling forth, okay? The design, the design, all right? It means that God had a plan, uh, that the plan of God was well orchestrated, that it was established, okay? And so we want we want to really hone in on this. Let's, let's hone in on this. Now, a lot of times we hear this, and we know all things are working together for the good of them who love God and are called according to his purpose, and folks start running and throwing chairs and slamming stuff and getting slain, and that's wonderful. But I want us to understand this in its proper connotation. It is not the end of the chapter. There are some more things that come in the following verse. And there's a reason why I want to do this. Sometimes we can't allow uh, our familiarity with a passage to obscure its original intent. I'm going to say that again. We can't allow our familiarity with a passage to uh, uh, move us out of its intent. And sometimes just because something is heavily quoted, it can also be heavily misunderstood. I want you to hear me. Just because something is heavily quoted, it can also be heavily misunderstood. So we want to come into a, a, a ground a laying of a foundation tonight so that we can grow in our walk with God. How many of you, if you're like me, uh, you, you want more of God? You want more of God. And since you want more of God, we want to make sure that we are in proper alignment with our assignment. Come on, let's look at this. Verse 29, for he who foreknew, he also predestined, predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, period. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Hmm. So now we understand that when it comes to the purpose of God, there are some things that come to us by the Spirit. And the Spirit 
begins to move us and bring us into the fullness of the heart of God. Why is this important? Why is this important? Why is this important? Because it comes by the spirit, not something that we make up, not something that we do ourselves, but it comes by the spirit. So intimacy, our love and devotion to God. Secondly, after intimacy, we also must understand the role of petition. Prayers of petition have a place. Every prayer is not a prayer of petition. And so when it comes to prayers of petition, we're seeking God's blessing on areas of our lives personally, uh, in our ministries, in our families. Uh, we're also praying for a breakthrough in our inner man, in our heart, in our circumstances, be that physical, financial, or relational. And in ministry, that God's power would be released through our hands, words, and deeds. That we would be the hands and feet of Jesus in this fallen world. When we pray, when we surrender our hearts to God, we become the hands and feet of Jesus in this fallen world. How powerful is that? How powerful is that? How powerful is that? That we become a living demonstration of his revelation. I'm going to say that again. We become a living demonstration of his revelation. Intimacy. Secondly, petition. Petition. I want you to hear me tonight. I want you to hear me tonight. Okay, petition. Thirdly, we're hearing this terminology of intercessory prayers or intercession. Christ is our chief intercessor. So I'm not sharing this or teaching this from the dynamic of us uh, using the terminology of being an intercessor because Christ is our chief intercessor. We go to him by the spirit and we see the burdens lifted. But uh, I want us to understand that when we are praying in the gap for others, when we're standing in the gap for others, when we are praying uh, in step up or in proxy for others, when we are interceding on behalf of another, uh, we're asking for God's power or for God's justice for others. Now, I want to I want to emphasize something here. Because a lot of times today we've heard terminologies about the prophetic as it pertains to speaking truth to power. And I want to hone in just a little bit. And I want to counter that narrative tonight. And I want to suggest that maybe we shouldn't just look at uh, scripture from the lens of speaking truth to power. But we should, uh, the prophetic of speaking truth to power. But uh, it could also, the prophetic prophecy uh, describes how we speak. Prophecy describes how we speak, okay? Uh, because it has to deal with how it fits in God's overall plan, right? But justice denotes how we act. I'm going to say it again. So the prophetic gives us what is spoken. Justice denotes how we act, why is this important? Because when we're praying for God's power and justice for others, we're dealing with people, 
places, and strategic issues. People, places, and strategic issues. Okay, And so we want to make sure uh, that we also are uh, understanding what it is that God desires to do in our lives as we're praying for people and places and ministries uh, in the marketplace and government for the destiny of ministries. Uh, my patriarch, Archbishop Golfin, often shares about a website and resource called Open Door, uh, in which you're able to pray for persecuted nations around the world. Years ago in missiology, they talked about the 1040 window, uh, the nations around the world that still have not been reached with the gospel of the kingdom of God. And so understanding that prayer for people and places and also prayer for strategic issues in society things that we see in government uh human trafficking sex trafficking natural disasters diseases all of these things we can labor toward and so how does this work i want to look at uh, for just a moment the importance of having a right view of god when we talk about having a right view of God, we're talking about God being our tender father and a passionate bridegroom. God is our tender father and a passionate bridegroom. Let's, let's go a step deeper and look at this. Foundational to our life of prayer is cultivating a right view of God foundational to, and I want you to understand this, foundational to our life of prayer is cultivating a right view of God. And sometimes we even see this in our lives. Uh, many will sometimes say, well, God shouldn't have done this and God shouldn't have done that uh, because prayer always reveals your concept of God. I want you to type that in the chat. Prayer always reveals your concept of God. So it's important that when we pray, we have a right view of God. That we don't just see God as a genie in a lamp. Okay. That we don't just see God as uh, a figure that we can use as a lottery ticket or something premature, but that we have the right view of God. Many today have developed a wrong view of God, sees him as an angry taskmaster, forcing us to endure conversation, prayer. Oh, it's so draining. Oh, so dull. Oh, I gotta pray. No, you get to pray. Okay. To prove our devotion to him. But as we change our paradigms, we change our lives. Uh, we pray according to our paradigms. As we change our paradigms, we change our lives. So as we perceive God as our tender father and Christ as our passionate bridegroom king, we then become energized in our spirit to seek him with all of our heart. Okay, And I want us to understand that. We, we have to get to the place in which we are no longer ashamed about prayer, in which we're no longer afraid of prayer, in which we're no longer driven or distracted from prayer. We have to come boldly to the throne of grace. Let's look at that. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly 
to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in times like these. Years ago, years ago, years ago, we did a hymn. Uh, your grace and mercy has brought me through. I'm living this moment because of you. Uh, I want to praise and thank you too for your grace and mercy has brought me through. Grace and mercy, grace and mercy. Let us come boldly, not ashamed, not guilty, not embarrassed. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace. In the throne of grace, healing emerges. In the throne of grace, transformation emerges. In the throne room of grace, deliverance and breakthrough happens. So we're energizing our spirit to confidently seek him with all of our heart. Notice what happens. John 17, let's go to John chapter 17, verse 23. I'm going to ask if you would just continue to post the scriptures as well. John's gospel, chapter 17, verse 23. That the world may know that you have loved them as you have loved me. That the world may know that you have loved them as you have loved me. Now, John 17 really is the Lord's prayer. Well, I know we normally hear the Our Father prayer, and we have considered it the Lord's Prayer, uh, but it really is the model prayer because the disciples asked the question, Lord, teach us to pray. And then Jesus said, when you pray, you say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So that was the prayer he taught them in response to a question. But in John 17, we see the high priestly prayer in which Christ himself becomes our high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek, since he was from the tribe of Judah. And it is in that prayer that we see uh, him stand uh, between uh, and, and literally, literally intercedes on our behalf, that the world may know that you, John 17, verse 23, may know that you have loved them as you have loved me. Encountering the heart of God is foundational to growing in prayer. Jesus prayed that we might know that the Father loves us just as he loves the Son, increasing our worth. And I believe, I hear this very strongly in my spirit, that as you commit to a life of prayer, your inner man will be enlarged. God wants to enlarge your capacity. Just someone say right now, enlarge me, God. Enlarge me, Lord. God wants to enlarge your capacity. He wants to enlarge your ability to see him, to see others, to see the hurting, to see the loss, that you would grow in grace and grow in godliness and grow in faithfulness and grow in the fulfillment of what God has established and ordained. Let's, 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 let's go a step deeper with this. So we have the assurance that we are enjoyed by the Father, even in our weakness. We find that referenced in Psalm 18 and 19. We pray very differently when our spirit is confident before God with the assurance that he enjoys us. That's why we want to move from duty to delight. 
Psalmist tells us, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Your desire is tied to the delight. The delight what? Of other things? No, the delight in God. Delighting in God brings discipline. Delighting in God brings discipline. Distractions in God bring destruction. Delighting in God brings discipline. Distractions in God yield destruction. We pray very differently when our spirit is confident before God with assurance that he enjoys us. A father is filled with tender mercy. He is gentle with our weakness after we repent. We have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Romans 8 and 15. Romans 8 and 15. You have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. In Hebrew, Abba is a term of endearment, much like Papa or Pops is in our culture. Just to give you a little colloquialism there. Okay, so understanding Christ as our bridegroom and ourselves as the cherished bride equips us to have a vibrant prayer life. God wants you and I and us corporately to have a vibrant prayer life. Hey, let's look at, are you with me? If you're tracking with me, let me see you so far. Just say, I'm with you, Bishop. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Let me see you. We're yet. We're yet. We're yet. Let me see. Let me see. All right. I see. I see. I see. Come on. All right. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 29. All right. So I want to teach uh, this tonight foundationally so that we are able to grow together. All right. Meat and potatoes. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, I'm loving this. Uh, thank you for uh, being with me tonight. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 29. All right. Here we go. School of prayer. Bible study. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 29 through 32. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his mother and father and be joined to his wife. The two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Now, one of the things we want to understand, as his cherished bride, we are called to have a vibrant prayer life. Many view Jesus as mostly mad or mostly sad. Uh, they only have two, two views of Christ, either mostly mad or mostly sad. Okay. And we want to mature. All right. And understand that he has a heart filled with gladness. All right. Hebrews chapter one, verse number nine. Let's look at it. Hebrews one and nine says, you have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Let's look at that again. Hebrews, not matter of fact, Hebrews chapter one. I want to look at verse number eight and then verse number nine. I love the word. Isn't the word? The word's powerful. Okay. Hebrews chapter one, verse number eight. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness, a ruler staff, a scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. A heart filled with gladness and fiery affections is his jealous love for us. 
So as sons of God, heirs and joint heirs, we are in position to experience God's throne as heirs of his power. And as the bride, we're in position to experience the heart of God. So that leads us now to meditating on the word. I want to spend the last few moments together that we have tonight. Uh, I want to make sure that we are uh, COVID conscious. And what that means is uh, in light of being in a post-pandemic world, uh, that we that we, we steward our time wisely together tonight. So I'm not trying to overburden you, uh, but I want us to grow in this understanding. Okay. So how do we meditate on the word? We pray, uh, reading the scriptures, but we also want to mature to the place in which the scriptures begin to read us. The most substantial way in which we can bolster our prayer lives is by feeding, feasting on the word of God. This includes engaging in active conversation with God as we read his word. One of the ancient uh, early church uh, ways that they did this, it was called Lectio Divina, L-E-C-T-I-O-D-I-V-I-N-A, Lectio Divina. It was a sacred reading, a sacred reading, Lex Arandi, Lex Credentia, the law of prayers, the law of belief. It was a particular way that they believed, a particular way that they prayed. And we have that opportunity as we engage God together, uh, that we're not monologuing, but we're dialoguing. We're receiving from heaven. Amen. So this includes engaging in active conversation with God as we read his word. And the scriptures give us the conversational material in our prayer life. Don't know what to pray? Pray the word. And this is what makes prayer more enjoyable. Notice in Luke's gospel, chapter four, when Jesus is dealing with uh, in the wilderness, uh, being attacked by the enemy, he consistently says, it is written, 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 it is written. And so we understand according to your word, Lord, I thank you that your word declares and you're able to pray in the word of God. For in the word of God, it is truly a hiding place. Joshua, one of my favorite books, one of my favorite people, uh, but Joshua chapter one, verse number eight uh, reads as follows. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. The word meditate there in the Hebrew is the connotation of a cow chewing its cud. A cow chewing its cud is consistently chewing and chewing and chewing and chewing chewing and chewing and chewing until it's internally digesting, ingesting, and fully receiving the nutrients extracted from that which it has eaten. That is how we are to meditate on the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The late uh, and great Dr. Frederick Casey Price uh, was known for saying that faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing, and hearing the word of God. So understanding we are to meditate in it day and night, and then we shall have good success. So we must make sure that we meditate regularly, that we stay in a frame and mind of worship, positioning ourselves to receive all that God has for us, in us, through us, and with us. Uh, amen. Uh, so understanding the study of scripture 
Prayer, the ministry of the word, must lead to dialogue with God. Uh, in John's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 39 through 40, Jesus rebukes the Pharisees, saying, You search the scriptures without using them to develop a real relationship with God. Why? Because they were using the scriptures, bending them in their direction. They were then eisegeting the scriptures, using the scriptures to pull out what they wanted and not its original intent. And we see that today. We see that politically. Uh, people today have a tendency of liking to use the Bible to justify their points instead of going to the word of God on its own accord. Uh, it's like I heard years ago. The late uh, Dr. Uh, Archbishop Wilbert McKinley uh, was saying that when you come to the text, you come to the standard. You don't bring the standard down to you. And so understanding that the word of God is our standard. Amen. And that we pray according to the will and the ways of God. Uh, and again. He said uh, in John 5, 30 and 40, he said, you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. So there are two broad categories. And I want us to understand this. There are two broad categories of truth related to reading the scriptures, praying the word, meditating the scriptures. And that focuses first on promises to believe. And then there are scriptures that exhort us to obey. So we must believe and we must obey. We must believe and we must obey. I want to go to Matthew 28 real quick. I want to show you something. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say believe and obey. Uh, let's look at this. Let's look at this. Uh, Matthew, I said Matthew 28. Let's go to Mark 16. Okay. Mark 16. Okay. Mark 16. Let's look at this. All right. And we want to look at this. All right. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes is baptized and he who uh, is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe is condemned. And these signs will follow them that believe in my name. They will lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Now, I want to tie this in with uh, Matthew 28. All authority has been given to me. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching to teaching them to obey, to observe all those things that I have commanded you. So we are not just to make disciples to baptize, but we are to teach us to observe, to obey that which what God has done. So it's not enough to just hear it. We have to move from hearing it to heeding it. Because once we hear it, and we heed it, then we can help someone. And today we have a whole lot of folk out trying to help, but they're not hearing and heeding the word. Are you applying the word of God? Are you applying it to your life? I know growing up uh, where I was from, you know, we had some winos and different ones on the corner that could get drunk and quote scripture like crazy, but they couldn't live it. So it's good that you can quote it, but can you live it out? And you can only live it out with a surrendered life to the power of the spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You can only live it out with a surrendered life to the power of the spirit. And so we must actively dialogue with God by praying promises. We are to believe from his word. So first we thank him for his word. And then we turn the truths of the word into declarations of thanksgiving and declarations of trust. So, uh, for example, Lord, I thank you that you love me. 
that you have forgiven me, that you lead me and will provide for me. Then we ask God to reveal particular truths to us. We see that in Ephesians 1 and 17, we, we pray that the eyes of our understanding might be open. So Lord, reveal to me, open my eyes that I might see more of your love, forgiveness, and direction. This is how we grow. And so we actively, we actively dialogue with God by praying truth back to him that exhort us to obey. Wow. So we must commit ourselves to obey God in the specific way set forth in his word. And then we ask the spirit of the Lord to empower us to obey a particular truth. And so we ask God for help to give us wisdom, motivation, and power to obey in every area of our lives. Wisdom, motivation, and power to obey in every area of our lives. For example, Father, help me to love you, to bridle my speech, to use my time, my money wisely in full obedience. And that's why journaling is important because we want to articulate our love, our gratitude, and our requests to Christ in simple phrases. Journal as you're reading the word, as allow the spirit of God to speak to you, to minister to you. Uh, Hosea 14 and 2 says, take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, take away all iniquity, receive us graciously, for we will offer sacrifices of our lips. In prayer and meditation, we speak to God on his throne uh, by the spirit who also dwells in our spirit. So if we talk to the spirit and we walk in the spirit, we receive the work of the spirit in us. So I want you to consult God, ask the spirit of God to let him show you what he sees and what he feels for your life. The love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost is to be with us all, 2 Corinthians 13 and 14. The love of God and the fellowship of the Spirit. Last thing I want to deal with. Make sure you take time to linger in his presence. Linger in his presence. Linger in his presence. Just to be with him. 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 Let's linger right now. Hallelujah. Let's just linger in his presence. Father, we receive you. I feel I feel his presence right now. I don't know what you're facing, what you're going for, but let's linger. Let's linger in his presence. Father, we love you. We honor you. We thank you for what you're doing and what you're continuing to do. Thank you for drawing us closer. Thank you for enlarging our capacity. Thank you for allowing us to grow in prayer. Thank you for making us a prayer warrior, one that is honed and hewn uh, to seek your face and to trust you. And Father, even tonight, we ask that you would move by your spirit, that you would draw in our wandering minds and our hearts that we might receive all that you desire to do in and through our lives. Spirit of the living God, speak to us. Open up our hearts to receive all that you're doing and desire to do. Have your way in us and through us, and we give your name all the glory, all the honor, all the thanks, and all the praise. And we bless you 
and we thank you and we worship you. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And spirit of the living God, fall flesh on us tonight. Fall fresh on us tonight. Give us wisdom. Give us insight. Give us discernment to know your mind, to know your heart, to know what you desire to do in and through our lives. And even now, I sense the Spirit of the Lord saying, for many of you, my peace, receive my peace. Since the Spirit of the Lord saying, receive my peace, receive my peace. Many of you are overworked, uh, you're stressed out, drained with so many things that are coming on your shoulders. I just see the hand of the Lord covering your shoulders. Just if you can, if you're not driving, just do like this. Receive the peace of God. We linger in your presence. We receive and we believe it now by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. I pray that tonight you've been encouraged, that you've been edified, that you've been strengthened. My prayer is that you will grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. pray that you've been blessed tonight. And if you have, just uh, sow a free will offering into the work of the ministry and uh, into this teaching tonight. We uh, give our Bible lessons, our Bible classes. We will have courses for our school, but our Bible classes, we don't charge. We just come to be a blessing. And we ask that you will plant a seed uh, into the soil of this ministry. If you'd like to give tonight, you can do so by texting the word GLOBAL to 51400. Also, our website, which has our PayPal link, globalfirenow.com. And also, we have Cash App, dollar sign, Global Fire Now. And lastly, Zell, uh, globalfirenow at gmail.com. Plant a seed today, whatever it is. It's not the amount of what you give, but it's the heart and what you've given. And if you have been stirred tonight in your prayer life, edified and encouraged, uh, be a blessing to us uh, and to a blessing to our ministry so that we can continue the work of the kingdom uh, where we live, work, and play. The Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. May his countenance be with you, and may he give you his peace. Global is who we are. Fires what we bring. Ministry is what we do. God bless you. Amen. 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 Amen.